Amen, amen. Woo, woo, woo. Hey, church, before you take a seat, say hi to five people. Say hi to five people. Before you take a seat, say hi to five people. Nice, nice. Children's ministry, children's ministry, you are now dismissed. Children's ministry, you are now dismissed. Amen. Say hello to five people. <laughs> Amen. Oh, that's not five, sir. That's one. That's one. Amen. Children's ministry, you are now dismissed. Children's ministry, you are now dismissed. Man, we're trying something new, church. We had our kids come in and worship with us. You go ahead and be seated. We had our kids come in and worship with us. We believe in Deuteronomy where it says that, that let the children learn, let the children see uh, adults and families to, to see what it looks like for people to be in worship towards the Lord their God. So uh, be expecting to see that every week. But either way, good morning, Christ Church. Woo! Man, it is so good to see you guys. I got a lot of energy this morning. As you can tell, I had my Alani, I had my coffee, I had my Celsius. Yes, I had it all. I had it all. So I am ready to go. As you guys can see, this big old tub up here. We're celebrating baptisms today. Next service. Man, we are excited for what God is doing in and through our church. Russell going to be dedicating three kids today, uh, having baby dedications, three of them. Man, it's amazing to see God move and you watching him move, right? It's one thing to hear about what God is doing. It's another thing to see what God is doing. And we have been seeing the work of God in and through our church. We have seen people uh, gone through uh, healing. We've seen people gone through deliverance. We've seen, we've seen it all, man. God has just been at work, and we're, we're grateful to be a part of what God is doing. Just got a couple of announcements before we jump into uh, the sermon today. Uh, the very first thing is February 21st. Mark thy calendar. We're going to be having our very first prayer night here at our old Brooklyn campus. Come out, come on out, hang out with us. Uh, this is a night where uh, we want to be intentional what it looks like uh, to pray. You know, we believe that prayer is the most essential thing when it comes to the Christian life, right? The most essential part of your, uh, of, uh, of your existence as a follower of Jesus is going to be prayer, right? We're going to talk a, a little bit more about what that looks like in, in just a little bit for the sermon. But, but come on out, hang out with us, man, and it's, uh, it's going to be a time where we're going to worship. Um, I'm going to have a small message. I promise you I'm only going to preach for 10 minutes. Okay, all right, hey, 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 relax, hey, yeah, 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 you know, okay, y'all can get on out. Ushers, yeah, these two right here, <laughs> come on out and hang out with us, you do not want to miss. We also, guys, we have so many classes, uh, come on on up for you guys to get connected. Here's the one thing that I know, there are some of you who have been coming to Christ Church for quite some time, but you really haven't found your connection yet, right, you really haven't found that place of where you feel like the Lord is leading you, right? And, and if that's you, if you feel like, man, I, I, I know coming Sundays is great. I know coming to hear the messages is great. And coming to worship with the people is great. But, but God is calling me to greater, right? 
But God is calling me to more. And if that's you, come and see us. Uh, we got classes like Divine Design coming up. Uh, that's where we get to learn how God has shaped each and every one of us individually, gifting-wise. How God has gifted each and every one of us differently for one goal, one purpose. Uh, but he's uh, been at work in us in a different way. Uh, that's coming on up. Uh, we're going to have some other classes coming on up later on as well, too. Man, I know this, that God, yes, he does a great season. He does a great work in the season uh, that we're in right now. But maybe God is moving you towards another season as well. So if that's you, come and see us. We're going to take care of you. But at this point, we're going to get right into the scripture reading. And for our scripture reading today, I've asked my friend Keith Woodcock to read the scripture for us today. Continuing on in our studies, we're going to go to the book of James. If you have your Bibles, first chapter, we're going to start in verse 19, and we're going to go to verse 27. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the word. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? Dear Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the reminder of what it means to, to follow you and to know you. Lord, open our hearts and our ears, whether those who are watching online or those who are in person with us, or maybe those who are going to watch this sermon at a later date. Lord, open our eyes, open our ears. Help us to behold the glory and the beauty and the majesty of Jesus Christ. But, Lord, I pray that, that what, we, uh, what we hear today would, would transition to our hearts, that, our, that, that your words would go through our ears and to our hearts, and it would, it would radically, Lord, bring change to us. And, and that change and that work, Father, it would flow through us. And, Lord, that what we hear today will be something that we do tomorrow. Um, it's only by your spirit any of this can happen. The flesh is of no help. We can't do any of this without you. So here we are today, Lord, saying to ourselves, we are looking to you for everything in our lives. For every good and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, of whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I pray that the words of, of your spirit today would, again, one more time, uh, shape us, Lord. Bring formation into our lives. I pray, Lord, that, that we are not consumed by a speaker, but rather your spirit. So help us, develop us, and grow us. Encourage us, challenge us. We ask for 
Whatever you want to do, you accomplish that today. We woke up this morning, but you already knew what you were going to do this morning. So have your way, Lord. So your son's perfect name is who we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, if you're just joining us, we're going to be continuing in a sermon series, or we've been in a sermon series, going through the New Testament letter, the book of James. Anybody been enjoying James uh, the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Yeah. I have been really challenged by James. You know what I realized when I read the book of James? Anytime I read the Bible, I realize I have a lot of progress that I need to make. <laughs> Does anybody, anybody feel like that in life where you, you, you read the scriptures or you read something like the book of James and you realize and you tell yourself, I'm not where I need to be. Right? I got a love-hate relationship, and I'm the one who wrote the series, you know. I got a, a love-hate relationship with this. But, but, but what we've been realizing through the book of James is, is James has been encouraging you and I of what it looks like to have a living faith, right? To have a faith that is alive, a faith that is on fire. And we know for a lot of us, we've had moments in our lives where our, our faith has been on at a 10, Right? listening to worship music and uh, reading our Bibles and watching sermons. And, and then there's times in our lives where our faith feels like a four, right? And it kind of stays at a four for a little while, right? And then that four goes to a three and a half and, 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 and all of that. And James is going to help you and I to, to go up a level by level of what it looks like to have a living faith, a faith where we are just killing it on all cylinders. Not that we're perfect, but we are making progress, right? Not, not, not that we're seeking perfection because the Christian life is not seeking perfection because Jesus is the only one who sought that for us, but for us to make progress within our lives. I came across this article this past week as I was uh, prepping for the sermon, and it, it brought a lot of conviction to my life. For, number one, it was an article talking about the dangers uh, of cell phone excessive use. Right? And it, I find it very interesting that I'm reading this article on my cell phone, you know, but what, whatever. But I'm reading this article, and, and it begins to talk about how what we're, st we're starting to see that, 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 that the usage of cell phones, uh, how, how we're excessively using it and at a high, high rate, it, it is beginning to, to take a toll on other areas of our lives, right? And, and maybe you've heard this before. Maybe you're like, oh, gosh, I've... I've heard that before. I know I need to take a break from my phone and all that stuff. And believe me, I'm right there with you. But, but I found interesting in the article of, of how, and I never saw it this way. I've always thought that, that excessive cell phone use uh, just affects the brain, affects you neurologically. But now their studies are showing that, that, that excessive cell phone usage, uh, us being on our phones, whether that's playing games Social media, uh, some of you, you know, your jobs require you to be on your phone, emails and text messages. But I found it very interesting that, that they're, they're starting to see a, a shift in how the, the, ex, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the usage of cell phones is now beginning to damage relationships or damage the idea of what it looks like to exist as a functioning human being in relationship with others. Right? It talked about in this article that, that people nowadays will settle for superficial relationships. Right? That, that people would, would rather have an online connection rather than a personal connection. 
right? That, that people would, that they would rather be in chat rooms or, or, or Facebook groups and, and, and all of that. And, 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 and now we're, we're beginning to say, well, well this is kind of how relationships are. And, and the studies show that over time, we're going to start seeing uh, uh, less connection and more uh, digital online access connection uh, rather than a personal connection. And I found that very interesting because I believe at the heart of what the article is, is trying to say, and I believe what the scriptures align uh, to as well. It's funny how culture keeps up to what God has already spoken, right? I find that very interesting, science and culture and philosophy. Everybody's catching up to what God has been saying for thousands and thousands of years. But I thought it's interesting that you and I were created for connection. Right? If you think about it as a, as, a, as a human being, as us on this earth, we were created to connect with people. Right? Right? We weren't, we weren't created. Now, don't get me wrong to all my introvert friends out there. Listen, this is good to want to wanna be alone. Right? Anybody let's just like being alone for a couple hours, more than a couple hours. We're talking about a day. Anybody just like, you know, being by yourself, watching Law and Order, watching The Office, and, right, right? Like, there's value to that, right? Right, but, but, but there's, it takes for us to realize that, that the greatest thing we could ever do is to connect with other people. And here's the one thing that I want you to realize, that I also believe the one thing of how we were designed, we weren't just designed to connect with people, our greatest way of how we were designed was to connect with God. I love what Dallas Willard says in his book, Hearing from God, a very great book. He says this, you were created by God to be with God, right? That, that you and I, we were, we were created uh, to have a relationship with God. Ever since the, the moment we were born, ever since be, before we were even thought of, we were created to have this continual connection with God. And what James is going to teach each and every one of us today, that when we lose that connection, we lose all sense of purpose of life. Right? Right? When we lose that connection, when we kind of treat God in a, in a superficial way, not always intentionally, you know, life is life. You know, you get busy at work, and you just get busy with life and family and travel and, and all of that. I don't believe anybody just, just wants to not be close to God. But I am here to tell you, and James is here to remind you and I, that at the, at the end of the day, the quality of your lives is dependent upon the quality of your relationship with God. That's what James is going to teach you and I today. That the, the quality of our lives is dependent, not how much we succeed at our jobs, not how much we're, 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 we're getting back in our tax returns, which I'm thankful to God that it's here now. But uh, tax return season, I'm like doing backflips. You know, you thought I was an extrovert before? Tax season is a different Javon. Um, uh, right, right, right. You know, that, that, that the purpose of life, the, the quality of your life begins in your connection with God. Uh, I had a, I remember a long time ago when I, when I met with my counselor, uh, I'll never forget, you know, where we were talking over some things. And he begins to ask me, he says, he says, Javon, if you can, if you can ask God anything, uh, what, what would you tell him your ideal version of yourself that you would like? Right? What's that ideal version of Jovan you want to have? Right? And I, and I remember saying to myself, like, I don't know. 
right? I know what I know. I know what I uh, uh, the things that I don't like that I do, or or any of that. But I don't know at the truest of 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 what my ideal version of myself. But but I love my my counselor's answer. He's he's a Christian counselor. He said. He said a long time ago, he says, I believe that your truest self is when you're connected to God. I found that very interesting, right? I can't take credit for that. He said that. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, but but I, he said that I believe that your truest self, the, the version that you were created to be, right, uh, is, is, it happens in your connection with God. Is that your, your relationship with God helps bring out the fullness of your existence, the fullness of who you are supposed to be as a husband, as a, uh, as a parent, as a coworker, as a son, as a daughter, as a grandparent, whoever it may be that our connection to God. Uh, listen, James is going to tell us that our connection with God, our relationship with God determines the course of life. The flow of life. Because everything happens through our relationship with God. If you think about it, the healthier we are connected to God, the healthier our relationships that we have in this world. Right? Right? The, 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 the more connected we are to, to God, the, the, the more rooted we are in who he is, the healthier we are financially. Right? Right? Again, I'm not saying that, that we're all going to be perfect, but, but we all have a sense of health. Right? And I've been falling in love with that word healthy lately. Because I need to be a little bit healthier. Right? Healthier uh, emotionally. Because I can get into my feelings. I can get into my emotions. Anybody, anybody sensitive Sally like I am? I'm a, anybody? Not to make fun of Sally. I see you back there. I love you, Sally. Mwah. But anybody sensitive like I am? You're just always in your feelings. You're always overthinking what other people think about you. But the more connected I am to God the less I'm worried about what other people think about me, right? right? The, the less, the less, the less, the less uh, worried that I am to, to what the world is, uh, what's going on in the world. And I love James today. He's going to talk about you and I, the importance. Here's the one thing that I tell you right now that you cannot afford to lose in your, in your life is your connection with God, right? We can afford to, do, to lose a lot, Right? You know, we can afford to lose a, a lot of possessions, a lot of things, heck, even some relationships that exist in this world. But the one fundamental truth is that our connection to God is everything. It's everything, right? And I notice this. I'm a different person when I'm closer to God than when I'm not closer to God, right? Any, anybody, anybody give me, yes, you feel me? Thank you. I got some Christians in the house today, right? right? I'm a different husband, just ask this lady right here. She'll tell you, yes, he is. I'm a, I'm a different man. I'm a different father. I'm a different leader. I'm a different person than when I am directly connected to God in my life, right? But there's a lot of things that get in the way of our relationship with God, right? And I get that. And let me tell you something who gets it more than, than, than I do, God himself, Right? God's not sitting back there whining in the corner like, they don't love me. You know, he's not doing that. But rather, he, he truly understands the fundamental purpose of our lives is our connection with God. And James is going to teach us that our connection to God helps us to produce genuine faith. And genuine faith is going to help produce fruit in our lives, right? 
That's what we're going to do. So let's go ahead and start off in verse 19. Let's go ahead and pick it up. He says this, uh, James says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, right? Right, be quick to hear, slow to speak. Some of you need to hear that today. Everybody knows it doesn't need to hear your opinions about the elections going on this year. You know, it's, we don't need to hear. We don't need to hear your opinions about the economy right now. You know, just shut up. You know, that's what we. That's what some of us need to hear today. Slow to speak and slow to anger. Right? These are commands given by the apostle James. Uh, let's talk about it. Well, in order to truly understand the section in which James is transitioning into uh, uh, this portion of Scripture, we must understand verse 18. Now, verse 18 will not be on the screen for you, but I am going to read it for you. Because when we get verse 18 correct, we can get verse 19 in its fullest effect. Sounds good? So I'm going to read this. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. If not, just listen to me. It says this, of his God, of God's own will or God's own purpose... He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his, crea- of his creatures. What does he mean by that? Well, in his totality, James, the, uh, the writer of this letter, James is saying that, that because of God's great grace and his mercy and his purpose, he has brought you and I to new life in Christ. Right? Right? Now, James doesn't get a lot of love out of all the other writers because he doesn't talk about the, the, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of Christ and the kingship and all that that Paul and Peter love, love to dig into. But this is a gospel message that he's actually giving to. And here's the gospel, friends. The gospel is this, that Jesus did not come to, to help you to become, uh, to take bad people and make them good. Right? Jesus didn't come so that you can have good behavior, right? So that you can be good and nice people. No, Jesus came to give you a new heart. Because the fundamental truth of humanity and what we need is a new heart, right? Right? Jesus came to deal with the heart issue. Right? And so now James, what he's doing, he, he's reaching into the gospel. He's reaching into the, the purpose of Jesus in our lives. Listen, Jesus' purpose isn't to make your life easy. Jesus' purpose isn't to listen to you all the time. Jesus' fundamental purpose is to give you a new heart, a new mind, and new life. That's the goal. So now what James is doing in this particular passage, now he's transitioning to, to how we live out that new life. Right? Because in Christ, you have a new identity. But also, that identity comes with a new activity. Does that make sense? Right? In Christ, you have a new identity. You're no longer this. You're no longer that. You're not your past. You're not what they did. You're not what she did. You're not what he did. Right? You're no longer what you did. You, you are no longer strangers and far from God. But now because of this, this is the truth nature of who you are. This is not how you live. Right? So, so he, he goes over the gospel right up front, right, in, right up front to you and I. And now he's going to help you and I to learn that from our new birth, we're, we are called to make progress. Or a better word to use that's really going to sting when I say it. He's going to call us to maturity. Did that offend you? Are you triggered yet? <laughs> Are you triggered? Do you need to go on Facebook and say, I can't believe this pastor with skinny jeans told me that I'm immature? Uh, but, but notice, watch this. James is going to show us 
is that maturity, which we all, at the core of, if we get real with ourselves, we all need to mature, especially when it comes to our faith. But here's what James is going to say. Maturity begins with listening. Mm. You, you, that, I got a, Gabby, thank you for shouting me down today, brother. I appreciate you, dog. Right? Maturity begins with listening. Uh, you know, my wife and I, we've been together for 13 years. And I'm thankful to God for that. And, you know, we're young and we got young kids. But, you know, and, and from time to time, and I got to be careful because she's in the room. From time to time, she, you know, with, with, like, you know, sometimes tells me my shortcomings. Just from time to time. Not all the time. She's beautiful. I love her. She's amazing. I don't know where I would be without this woman. She, she, I love this woman. But there are times, every day, but there are times... That she would kind of tell me, like, hey, you know, you're kind of, you know, lagging over here, you know. You're kind of not, you know, right? And, and the one thing that I hear more than anything, it's not that I put an empty carton back into the fridge. It's not that. It's, uh, it <laughs> she's laughing because I literally did that yesterday. Um, it's, not, it's not that, it, it's, it's that she tells me that I'm not a good listener, Right? Tell me that I'm not a listener. Now, I got to be honest with you. Don't act shocked. I know you're probably like, Javon, you're the most humble man that I know. I, I get it, you know, I get it. Right? I'm not, I'm not a great listener. She'll tell me one thing to say, hey, I think you should call, and I think you should do this, because if you don't, they're going to send an email, they're going to send a letter, that, you know, this is going to happen, and da, da, da. And all I hear is, na, 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 na. You know, I love the woman. I listen to her every other time. You know, I'll take out the trash. You know, I would, uh... You know, take out the recycling. You know, I'll do that. You know, that's about it. But uh, 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 it, it, it was been times in my life that I'm not ashamed to admit uh, that the thing that she told me to do that I didn't do ended up happening. <laughs> right? Right? Because I don't like to listen. Right? And some of you, you have been on the other end of what it's like to not listen. Right? Right? Everybody ever try to give you advice? Your parents? We especially do this with parents, especially as you get older. You start to think, well, I'm wiser than my parents now. You know, I, I, I got a little bit of experience in my life. I don't need them no more. You know, I can, I've been through life already. I don't need this no more. But then you realize you're on your phone like, yeah, mom, yeah, dad. You know, you told me that thing and that thing that you told me, right? Right? So James is going to teach us that, that, that maturity, that growth, that progress begins with listening. With, with doing this one thing, because he says to receive with meekness the implanted word. Here's, here's, here's another way of how he wants to say this. He says, you and I need to get in the habit of listening and stop being a know-it-all. Right? Of listening and stop. And we need to humble ourselves. Now, who is he saying that we need to listen to? Yes, we do need to listen to the wisdom of other people. And I'm thankful to God. I got men in my life. I got some awesome women in my life that can speak to me in a profound way. And I'm thankful to God for that. But, but James isn't talking about people. James is talking about you need to learn how to listen to God. That's what James is talking about, y'all. Right? Spoiler alert. The greatest, the, the one who needs to have our ear the most is God. <laughs> the, the one who needs to have our heart the most is God. Right? And, and as much as we don't listen to people... We don't listen to God, <laughs> right, right? As much as we ignore everybody else's advice, we ignore God's wisdom. 
right? And so James is, he's going to help you and I to understand as we connect with God, we connect to God to hear from God because the most important voice in your life is the voice of God, right? Right? And, and if we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to our fear more than we listen to God. We'll listen to our insecurities more than we listen to God. We'll listen to our pain of our past more than we listen to God. We'll listen to our failures and how bad you are, how you shouldn't have this, that, and the third more than we listen to God. And there's a purpose of why James is telling us and telling me and telling all of us who are reading this letter. He says, when God has your ear, he has your heart. And when he has your ear and your heart, we're friends you live healthier and with greater clarity. Because life is always, listen, you are always moving in the direction of what you give most attention to. Oh, I, 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 that's not in my notes. I just, wrote, I just said that. Your life is always moving in the direction of what you give most attention to. Right? Somebody write that down so I can say it next service. All right? So I can put it in my notes. All right? Right, and and this is this is the this is the reality that he wants us to be in that that as as new people, God is God is wanting to speak to us. Now, how does God speak to us? Now, I am not going to judge other people that have said I heard the the call of God. Right, and listen, I if people heard God God's audible voice, God bless them. Right, I'm not going to judge them. Right, but the way we hear from God is through the Word of God. Look what he says in the verse 21. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls, right? You're probably saying to yourself, oh, he's about to tell me to read my Bible again. Here we go, this guy. He always trying to challenge me. Why can't he just say some encouragement and leave me alone? Leave me alone, pastor. No. <laughs> I love you too much, right? Right? That, that, that the word of God, right, the, the inerrant, right, the inerrant inter, eternal word of God. We don't have a lot of perfect things in this world, but the one thing that we do have as perfect is God's word. And so James is going to say that you connect to God when you listen to God, and how you listen to God is through the word of God, right? You see the flow that he's getting to? We connect with God when we listen to God and we hear from God through the word of God, and we go to God and we remind him and we tell him, and we receive it with meekness. This word received in the original, uh, it, it just means to take it all in, right? To take it all in, right? And James says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, and take it all in. If we're reading it in its most original form, Right? He says, desire to hear from God so you can take it all in. And why do we need to hear from God? Because, friends, we don't know what we need to know, right? Because here's this one thing that you and I fall in love with more than anything is our experience. We say to ourselves, I've been around the block a little bit, you know, I got a little experience, you know. Nobody or no, no, nobody's to tell me what I need to do. We like to sell ourselves that. We like to say, well, you know, I'm, I've, I've been married for this amount of time. You know, I've, I've been working, and I got it all figured out. But you want to know what a Christian does? A Christian goes before God and says, God, I am ignorant, and I know nothing. Teach me, Lord, for I need you. Right? 
The Apostle Paul says this one awesome, awesome, awesome verse. He says, if you want to become wise, first become a fool. Right? If, if, you want to be, if you want to become wise, if anyone wants to become wise, let them first become a fool. Right? That we come before God and I say, God, listen, I, I, I don't know what I need to know. I, I need to receive from you. I need to be like Psalm 119 where it says, teach me, O Lord. Uh, teach me your paths. Uh, lead me in your ways. Help me to see what I cannot see. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I don't know truth without you, Lord. So here I am. Give your servant what he or she needs. This is how our approach is to be to God, right? Right? Because if we're not careful, we'll just go to God to assist us with things in life instead of going to him to be our teacher, right? Instead of going to him to be the great instructor that he is. Do you know the one thing that I realize, and I promise you I'm going to move on, I promise you. You know the one thing that I realize, that when I read the Gospels, I'm reading through the Gospel of Luke right now. And I've noticed, watch this, I notice that, that you know what's mentioned more than Jesus' miracles? Can you take a guess? His teaching. You know what Luke will say? Luke will say, as is the custom, he went into the synagogue and he talked. <laughs> That's what he says. Right? As a matter of fact, if you read the book of Luke, which, again, I've been studying, Luke actually says this. This is not my notes, so I'm kind of going off right now. Luke says this. Luke says that Jesus, while he's healing and people are bringing more and more sick and the lame and the, the, the unclean and he's touching, you know, he's doing all these great things. You know what Jesus says right after that? He goes and he says, I must go to the surrounding cities for I must preach the gospel. Right? Because the, the greatest way God can bring change to your heart is through his word. Through his word. And we need to go before God and we need to be like, God, I'm, I'm poor in spirit. And I don't know what I need to know. And I need your help in this time. This is how we can have, help to have a genuine faith. Let's go ahead and move on. Verse 22. Uh, James says this. Now, here's the one thing you need to know. You need to learn how to uh, uh, be connect to God, to listen to God, to hear from God through the word of God. And now verse 22. And now you need to apply it in your life. Look what he says. But, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your so there's something that's happening in this passage. I believe James is more concerned that, yes, our command is to hear from God, but we don't listen to God for information. We hear from God from, for formation. And formation happens through application, right? You like a little Dr. Seuss rhyme that I had? You know, it's, we don't go to God just to know of God. We, we go to God so that, that this information turns into formation, and formation happens through application. We build our lives based off what we hear and do. But there's a warning in this particular passage, right? Uh, you guys know the Cleveland Browns. They got a bunch of awards. You know, our coach was coach of the year, you know. And then, you know, the big old man himself who's always in Strongsville eating at this mom and pop spot. Miles Garrett got defensive player of the year. For those who don't know, he plays for the, for the Cleveland Browns. Let's say you and I are out to, in the mall. 
And somebody comes up, and we begin to introduce ourselves. And let's say I introduced myself, and I said, yes, my name is Miles Garrett. See how you just reacted like, you're about 10 inches too short. Uh, you're about, you got, you know, you look like you got a waist is 38 miles. Waist has got to be a 60. I mean, there's, there's a big, right? You, you would say, yeah, you can say all you want to say, but you don't look the part. I can go out here and say, yeah, I pay for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They'll be like, bro, you're too short. Stop it. You probably wrestled in college or something like that, but that's about it, right? Right? So here's, here's what he's trying to say. If you're going to, listen, whatever you profess needs to reflect itself into your life, right? Now, this brings great warning, and this makes us uncomfortable as Christians, right? James isn't trying to uh, belittle or burden you, but if we're going to say, hey, I'm a follower, but what I say doesn't match how I live, well, then there's a difference, right? There, there's, there's some harm in that, right? J- James is trying to keep us from that. Again, he's not saying this to belittle you or to burden you, but he's saying this for the sake of our faith in Jesus Christ, being a doer. Now, why do we do the word? Why do we, why do we walk in the word? Well, let me, let me give you one last thing. We walk in the word because of God's great love. See, see we, 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 we do what we do as we read the pages of Scripture, which can be trusted, which has real evidence of, 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 of reality, right? We walk in God's Word, or we live out God's truth, not so we can get something from God, because God has given us everything. The Apostle Paul says, we are compelled by the love of Christ. Right? Right? We never walk in God's way so that God can just answer all of our prayers. But because God has been faithful in all of his ways. Right? All of his ways. That's why we are doers. I got three things I want you to do, James says, of how we can continue to have a genuine faith. Remember, James says these are the most important things you need to do to have a genuine faith. Verse 26, he says this, if anyone thinks he is religious but does not bridle his tongue but deceives in his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Verse 27, religion that is first pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans and the widows and their afflictions to keep one to keep oneself unstained from this world. His, James is going to give us three things. You're taking down notes, write these down. James is going to say that, that true faith isn't just merely talk. Right? True faith is all about your walk. Right? And then he says, this is the first thing you need to understand about true faith. True faith begins with self-control. Right? Now, here's the one thing that I've, I've been realizing more and more and more. Most of our struggles in our world today is due to a lack of discipline, right? It's due to a lack of discipline. Now, we're speaking in the context of what James is saying. James is trying to say that we need to learn how to control what we say to other people. If you actually keep reading, I think it's in chapter 3. I can just look at my Bible, yeah. It just it says it in chapter 3. James is going to talk about how, 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 how much our, our words or our tongue can either give life or take away life, right? And haven't we been in that category before where we used our words in a very unhealthy way, where we said things to people and we've hurt people with what we've said, right? 
And, and then there are times that we say things and we tell people, I didn't really mean that. Well, Jesus says what comes out of your mouth is a reflection of what's in your heart. Right? So James is trying to say, hey, true faith or genuine faith comes by how we speak. Right? You know what I've noticed Christians can be? Overly critical of other Christians. <laughs> right? And, I often, and you often wonder why the church doesn't want to come to church. Because it already looks like where they're already existing in. <laughs> right? We, 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 we can sometimes be so critical uh, of one's life because of their walk or because of how they're living. Right? right? And, and James says the greatest value of your faith is with your words. Right? One of the great values of your faith is with how you speak to one another. How you speak to your spouse matters. My wife said, mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how you speak, listen to the, listen, if you're, a, if you're a parent in this room, I don't care if your kid is it's close to 30s or you have little kids. How you speak to your kids matter. I'm serious. How you speak to your children, no matter where they are at in life, no matter, no matter if they're grown adults or they're baby babies. How we speak to our children matters, right? Right? I'll never forget as one pastor said this. He said, he said that, that we should speak uh, uh, into others as Christ has, has spoken into us. And now what, 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 how, how does Christ speak to us? Through the language of grace. In the language of mercy. In the language of love. Right? In the language of love. Right, one time my, my son, we were um, I'm not I'm not afraid to admit this. We were we were having a moment, and he could tell I, you know what he said to me, and, and it breaks my heart to admit this. And he says, "Daddy, are you frustrated?" I said, "No, I'm not." And then you know what he said to me? He said, "Am I being bad again?" Right, four years old. Right. I have planned, I put something in him that shouldn't be in him, right? And sometimes we can do the same thing with our words to other people, right? Right, so now he's, he's thinking this way. So we have to learn to bridle our tongue, right? right? The word bridle means like to put a strap. I put a strap or two our words, right? Number two, radically selfless. James says, pure religion is to visit orphans and to visit widows. Radically selfless. That means we have a deep care for other people. And a deep care from other people should, should, should cost us something. Right? Because it's not serving anyone when they can return the favor. Service is when they cannot do anything in return. Radically selfless. And then number three, he says, counter-cultural. That means that, that we're being influenced by God more than we are by the world. That, that we're being influenced to, to stay uh, uh, true to, to, our, to our devotion to Christ rather than being pulled by this world. Here, here's the bottom line. One more time, friends. Your connection to God is everything. Your connection to God is everything. And there's a, there, there's a bunch of ways of how we connect to him. But James says, here's the one way of you truly connect to him. You find and seek him. 
to hear from him. Here's my challenge to you this week. Start today. Start today. Open up your YouVersion Bible app or bring out your Bible, and I want you to read Psalm 119, starting at verse 1. Some of you are probably like, did this guy just recommend him to read the longest chapter in the Bible? Yes, I did. Uh, (laughs) But I want you to read just verse 1. This is my challenge to you. And hear from God. Read it ten times. Don't walk, don't read it once and walk away. Read it ten times. I learned this practice from Dallas Willard. Read read the scripture ten times, close your eyes, and pray. God, help this to be a reality in my life. That's how you pray. God, help this to be a reality in my life. Help me, help me to do what is being said right here. Help me to do what's being said right here. Let's pray. Dear Father, we, we thank you, we honor you, we love you. We pray, Lord, that you are at work within our spirits and our souls. And, Lord, we would be doers, not just merely hearers. That, Father, we would be people who are radically, radically changed by your word of truth. That, that your word wouldn't just make its way to our ears, but, Lord, it would make its way to our heart, and we would pursue you in an authentic and pure way. And the, the work that you do in us is, is profound and good. And, Lord, you help us to be healthier. You help us to be more consistent. You help us to be more faithful. You help us to be all of the above. Father, help us today. Father, we want to be true to your word. We want to be true to your purpose. We want to be true to the work that you are doing in and through our lives. So help us, Father. Help us today to be the people of God that you've called us to be. Father, I will admit there are times where I give the world way, way more attention than I give, you, give to you. There are times, Lord, that I'm listening to the wrong things and not listening to the one who holds all things. So, Father, I am here right now admitting I am sorry. But, Lord, lead me. Find me. Keep me. For, I'm, for you are my greatest pursuit in my life. So, Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Christ's perfect.